Greet each one in Jesus' name this morning. We're glad for each one that's here, uh, especially the visitors. We welcome you and uh, we want you to join in. And it's, it's been good to be here so far. And I too appreciated that song there. It kind of drew things together for us in the in the men's class there. Thanks for the teachers that put themselves into it. A news article I thought was worthy this week again. Um, the Amish had a delegation that visited with Trump last week, I thought, and it was the first that that happened in the White House. Uh, there are no pictures, of course, and um, but I thought that was interesting. I wonder what they said. I wonder what he said. Uh, and I wonder what you'd say if you have a chance to sit down with Trump, if you'd, if you'd have any wisdom or... I was just really curious how that went. The Amish are becoming a little bit more political in Lancaster County there. They have an Amish pact that raised money to help get uh, Trump elected. Uh, and I thought that was interesting. Um, there's a whole lot of questions that you could ask uh, on that there. Anyway... We're going to push our chairs back a little bit and reflect just for a little bit, look back, and then we want to look forward. And I I invite you to help me there, if you will. 2019, as we reflect and process, it turns the experience into insight sometimes. So help me out here. If I say to you, what was tough for you in 2019, or what was the good stuff in 2019? Somebody kick it off there. What do you think of either one of those? As you reminisce and push your chair back, and we just for a minute or two here look back, what was tough on you on 2019? We know there was some depression going around. We heard that earlier so <laughs> thanks <laughs> and, and there was not one missing. Hmm. We were all there. Yeah. None has died yet. There's not had any major accidents. Nobody was in a wheelchair. Hmm. We're all, all 50 of us. So we believe what there was a total of 50, but we were all there and healthy. And it just realized we have a gift that a lot of you even here don't hmm. Amen. I think Marlon and Rosie, especially this year, would know a lot about medical things that they don't want to know. That someone else, what was good for you or what was bad for you? 
Yeah. Yeah. Someone else? That's a, that's special. That is good there. Yeah. That, yeah. Not there yet, but that is, uh, yeah, that's just a blessing. Family is a blessing. Yeah, in a group this size, we experience bad crops and good crops. Some of you probably had a good year financially. Some of you were healthy, some of you weren't there. Uh, boy, when I think back about the bad stuff, uh, I think of Ruthie's eye surgery and Ruthie's tooth surgery and my broken ribs. Then I rebroke the ribs. And uh, then uh, a while ago I went to the doctor and I said, you know, it really hurts here. Uh, I think my ribs aren't healing right. And they said, yeah, you did re-break them, but you got another problem. You got a kidney stone that's 10 millimeter and it's stuck and it's shutting your one kidney down. And I thought, what? I try to be positive. You know, I, I my goal is to be the most positive person in the room. And... Here's what you need to know about kidney stones. You can apply it spiritually somehow, but 10% of you will probably have it. The number doubled over the last 10 years. Drink more water is the biggest thing. Um, life sometimes has its turns. We think we know. I, I added spinach to my diet about a year ago trying to eat healthy. Turns out, it produces oxalate, which turns stuff into stones. And it's number one on the list that you don't want to eat. If you. So they told me my ribs were broken in 14 places rather than six. And uh, they're hoping that they heal. They don't know if they'll have to strap them yet or not. So then I went there. I'm going somewhere with this. Thursday, my uh, side was hurting, and I called the doctor, and I said, you know, this is after. You don't want to know how they get the stones out and how they get the the, the pipe out afterwards and, and all that there kind of stuff. You, If you don't need to know that, you don't need to know, you don't want to know that. And I had just come through that, and I called, and I said, it got a little bit better, but now it's getting worse again. Thursday and she said you better come in Friday and so I went in and they took some pictures of my inside they can't see it so good because of the broken ribs and they said actually you have another really big stone in there that we don't think is going to come out on its own and you know we have so much to be thankful for and I thought you know I, I can deal with this here this is positive and I was fine and then we learn out of these experiences. And then Ruthie came home and she said, "How? hey, what did you find out? And I just started crying like a baby. 
you know, when you know how it is when you talk to your wife or your husband and you you're up against it and you just have a, a little too much on your plate there. And you know, as I look back uh, on 19, and you say, what are the bad things? Sometimes we, as humans, kind of remember the bad. You know, a person can say a couple dozen good things about us, but you remember the one bad thing they said about you. And we kind of have a tendency to gravitate to that kind of thing. So much good happened in 2019 that we can learn by. One of, as I think back is, Ruthie and I are just so glad that Dave and Aurelia picked up. And I have to echo, Joe's often says, I marvel at God's timing. We were sidelined some because of Marlon's situation and Elvie's situation and our own issues. And so uh, when we think of the good stuff, we think of things like that and family. The times we spent with the children and grandchildren uh, are the things that come right to my mind when I look back over uh, 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's a good uh, good correction there. Paul, Paul's perspective, was somebody else saying something here? No. Paul's perspective was, hey guys, the bumps that you're going through isn't anything compared with how good it's going to get in the next world. And that amazes me sometimes with what some have went through. Some of you has had a new house, new babies, good crops, healing, special friends. Uh, as we ponder what happened and what you went through in 2019, it helps you to turn that into insight and it helps you to go forward in 2020. And what I like about this time of the year is that like for in businesses or spiritually or in so many areas, you can say, okay, uh, that was it for 2019. You have two more days left to go yet. And so now we are looking at, at 2020, 2020. And when businesses do this, they say, okay, what did we do right? What did we do wrong? What could we do better? What do we want to stop doing? And they kind of look at all the all the angles, and and it gives end of the year statements and end of the year stuff gives gives them guidance. And 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 whether you're working for somebody or whatever you're doing, you say, okay, uh, here's a time of pondering and 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 going over what happened and so forth. Take stock. How well did it go? I. I uh, one of the good things that we had, you know, I think of uh, the harvest uh, picnic that we had here. I, th- I thought that really went good. But then after that, right after that, the committee that uh, pulled that together was sitting together downstairs and they were saying, okay, what went well and what can we do better and what can we change for next year? And that's how we do as in individuals in business or 
when we're working for somebody or whatever, we kind of uh, contemplate and we ask the right questions and we look for things that can make a difference in our lives. Uh, we look for things, clues, that we can tweak our, our lives and, and uh, I got a couple scattered thoughts on that. We used to have an accountant. Ruthie and I had a little restaurant years ago. 20 chapters back or whatever, and uh, the restaurant was breaking even and not doing that well, and we sat down with the accountant, and we said, okay, what, what, and we kind of went, okay, the labor figure is, is maybe a little high, but not much, and the food costs are maybe a, a little high, but they're not really, and we kept looking for something, and he sat at the table with us there, and he said, Here's what you're doing wrong. You're looking for something big to fix. While all these little things need tweaked. And all those little things add up to the difference. He said, I've told you now for a year to put a shingle out front. And you still don't have a sign out front of your property. (laughs) And so he said, it's all the little things that are going to make a difference. And I, as we sit here together this morning, we're not looking for something big in your life. But what we're looking for is all those little things. Um, there's a, uh, in cycling, in, in bike riding, there, the British hadn't won it for many, many years. I think they had participated in the cycling like the Tour de France and all the different things like for 110 years and never uh, won anything. As a matter of fact, there was bike manufacturers who wouldn't sell the British cycling team bikes because they thought it would make them look bad, uh, make them uh, feel bad. So a new manager took over, a new coach. And this new coach said, okay, here's what we want. We want 1% improvement in a lot of different areas. And he started taking it apart. And he started looking for those 1% improvements. And I think it was in 2008 and in there somewhere where they won everything that went on in the world. And they were the ones to be uh, reasoned with. And for five years in a row, they won uh, the biggest race, the Tour de France. And it was... The reflection and changing 1% in a lot of little areas in their lives. We have a tendency in business and, and so often our personal experience, whether it's my business or my diet or my, whatever it is, uh, gives us a clue in the spiritual. We can, we can use the same lessons we learn in business in the spiritual end of it there. We have a tendency to settle in as in a rut as Christians and as businessmen and as students and and whoever else is represented here. And we sometimes settle into a rut and we just stay there. But at the end of the year, the neat thing about the end of the year is we can ponder uh, and kind of look at it and, and take it apart. Reflecting on our mistakes helps us to change and to learn. And you know, uh, as we sit here together this morning, it's not bad that we didn't learn everything yet. Uh, a toddler, 
uh, I got this cool little grandchild, Carson, and not too long ago, he was learning to walk. Well, he'd fall down all the time and he couldn't, couldn't walk. Now, his dad didn't slip off his belt and say, I told you to walk. He just picked him back up again and steadied him and he tried again. And wherever you are in life, whatever you're, whatever you're failing at, it doesn't mean that you're not normal. It just means that you gotta get up again. And 2020 gives you that opportunity again. You can, you can stand up again and, and try it again. It's no use you quit trying. My dad used to say when we were pheasant hunting, and I told you about this before, uh, net chassa is off a field. Not shooting is also missing. When you'd freeze, when a pheasant would go and you'd think, I can't, I don't think I can shoot that, so you'd just stand there with a, as a 12 year old with a gun in your hand and you'd say, I, I don't think I can hit it, so I'm not gonna shoot. And he'd say, not shooting is also missing. So, as we switch years here, we look at it like that. We could just get up again like Carson. Carson can walk now. He can walk all over the place. But it took him a little bit to get up and, and get going. So the first thing I think that we need to do is focus. You, you just need to think about this. I, I think, as for me, I think all my battles are won and lost right up here. I think in my mind is where my battles are won and lost there. And there's an awesome power in focus. What do I need to do to change? And what is the path to that? And how can I redefine my vision? And how can I fix what's broken? How can I learn to walk? How can I get up again? I got up five times and I fell over, what do I need to do a little bit different to stay up this time? So as we go up into the new year, it's happy new year, it's not happy old year. 2019's over, we can't look back too long. We can look back and learn and we can, we can help uh, what we went through, whether it was pain or blessings, we can, we can let that direct our lives and help us. Uh, but we're going someplace we were never at before. We're going forward, we're going into 2020. And we're all going to get on the bus and we're all going to go there. And we can't go back. So the mistakes you made and the struggles you had, we can leave back there. We can just uh, go forward and we can focus. And it's it's a little scary to go. We live in a messed up world and it's a little scary. There's so many things that could go wrong. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds the future and I know who holds my hand. We can just, we can just trust that. We can have faith in that and we can hesitate here a little bit as the year turns and we can sharpen our axe. What are three things in your life that you wish you could change? Make a list. Write it down. Don't write a hundred down. You're not going to handle a hundred. And don't just say, well, I have it in my mind. I'll write it down and figure out the path to changing. Figure out how you can do it. Focus. Um, don't just say, 
I want to be a better person. I want to be a kinder person. Be more specific specific than that. Figure out, uh, walk in a way, uh, be deliberate. Uh, Paul said, not as though I already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may hap- apprehend that for which I am apprehended of Jesus Christ. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forth unto those things that are before us, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We need to tilt forward and we need to uh, be deliberate about what we do. Focus. A successful warrior is an average man with laser-like focus on what he wants. And discovering what you really want in life saves a lot of unnecessary moving around. What is it about for you? What is it when you think of three things that you wish to change in 2020 in yourself, in your life? What is it that you... Ephesians says, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Or in my own words, see that you don't just meander in life or drift around or just flow with it, whatever. Don't walk aimlessly. Walk with purpose. Walk calculated and walk deliberate. Figure, uh, Think about it. Focus. What is it in your life that would... Make you a better person and make those around you better people. Uh, what, as you, as you look back, what three things are there that you can write down and that you can tweak in your life? What do I need to change in 2020 was the way my thoughts were going. What did I learn from my experiences in 2019 and what can I do different in 2020 to have a new year and a new you? And we all need improvements. There's nobody sitting here that says I uh, that disagrees with Paul and says, "No, actually, I I have apprehended. I I did attain." We're all sitting here knowing the Spirit's bringing things to our minds, and we say, "Boy, I I should be beyond this, and I want to learn to walk. I want to learn to do it." And whether it's financial, or health, or personality, or spiritual, or education. There's all things in our lives that the Spirit is going to nudge us to do as we go forward and are open to it. And just got a couple of thoughts. Here's what works for me when I want to change a habit. Uh, I think the first thing, it's, it's lost or it's won up here. And I think the first thing is that it needs to change in your heart. In your belief system, in your understanding, the, the, the Bible uses the word heart, and it's what you what you're made of, what you believe. It, it says at one place that out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. You can say something, you say, "I didn't really mean that." Well, yeah, you did. It came from your heart, and that's where it came from. There, uh, Proverbs: Keep thy heart with diligence, for out of it are all the issues of life. You can, you can change the beliefs in your heart. You can tweak them. 
Jesus said, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil brings forth. So, if you want to change a habit, you have to change it in here. Uh, you, you can't do it on will, willpower alone. You have to change who you are. Um, like, there's a difference here, uh, there's a big difference between these two statements. If, if I'd say to somebody, hey, do you want a cigarette? To two people who are trying to quit smoking cigarettes. And the one that says, no thanks, I'm trying to quit. And the other one that's trying to quit says, no thanks, I don't smoke. In that one, there was a transition in his heart that he no longer looked at himself as a smoker. He decided, I'm a non-smoker. And if you say, I want to do this so bad, but I'm going to try not to do it, it's different than if you change your, your core and you change what's in your heart and you help it mold your habits. That, that has helped me where, where, where I say, okay, I'm just playing with this thing. You know, I, I, uh, I like donuts. And so I want to do better. But boy, for right now, I'm going to have another donut. But I'm going to do better. If I in my heart would say, I'm going to eat healthy from now on because that's who I am. I know. I don't mean to make it easy for people. I, I know it's hard. And I, I speak of this knowing that I still struggle. I apologize there. I lost a 100 pounds and gained a couple pounds back. But it has to be that you change who you are. If I, if I am, if I'm given to lust, it has to change in here. If not, it doesn't matter how dark or how far away from home I am. But if it changes in here, when the king's wife tries to come on to me, it's in here. I'm not close to home, I'm not close to my family, but it's in here. And so when you want to mold your habits and change your habits, uh, where you start is... Sitting down and pondering, focusing and changing who you are in here. And sometimes it's too big a step, okay? Uh, and we, we want it now, like I'm all or nothing. Okay, now for 40 years, now I'm going on a diet. And I ain't eating anything. I mean, if it isn't green, and let us, I'm just, I'm on a diet. Well, that lasts till noon. And then I need some meat or something <laughs> substantial. I remember one time, Ruthie, I just thought of this now. We, we fell for this, you know. We went on the cabbage diet. I don't know if you, and the boys and I were all trying to lose weight and we were down in the shop working. And about 10 o'clock, I think we last till we said, no, wait a minute. I bet you this is, just a fad diet that's made up from some body. And so we started 
checking it up on the computer. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And we all went dr- marching up the driveway and had a, a big breakfast with bacon. And <laughs> we look for big ways to improve. And we don't know how important the little little things are that we... Tiny improvements. Number two, what works for me. Tiny improvements compound. It's so easy to overestimate a defining moment and overlook the little things that actually make the difference, that actually, that actually help. Whether it's losing weight or building a business or achieving whatever goal that you think it's important to achieve in 2020. We often dismiss the tiny changes. If I save a little money today, I'm still poor. If I eat a donut this morning, um, that doesn't make a big difference. If I exercise a little, I'm still out of shape. If I work late and ignore my family, they still forgive me for it. But it's compounded over time, those little things that make a huge difference. Like that there biking uh, person I was talking about there, that their coach, he said, I want 1% improvement in all these areas. And they went from never winning to always winning. Now that's in a, it doesn't matter. That's, that's in sports and it has no, uh, just, that's just for the day. But in your life, those little things make a big difference and they're important in the long run. Like the math works out like this and I'm just trying to get, uh, drive the compounding and the accumulation. Oh, the math works. If I would improve in a certain thing, 1% a day for a year, in one year, I'd be 37% better in that thing. And conversely, if I would get 1% le- worse in a given chore or task, by the end of the year, I would be back to zero. And just 1%. But today, I'm just looking at what I, is in front of me now. And I'm tempted with a donut. And we dismiss and rationalize a small misstep in our, in our habits. A poor decision. A careless answer. An unhealthy meal. One. One time of overspending. Today it doesn't mean make that big a difference. But in a year it does. In a year it makes a huge difference. Song of Solomon talks about the little little things in uh, that there uh, verse about the little foxes, and he's. I'm impressed how he's uh, drawing a picture of somebody really in love, and a marriage or uh, uh, something that just is. And he uses different things to describe it, and then he um, he he uses uh, like um, vineyard. Vineyard, and he says how the plants are, uh, it's, it's ready to bear fruit, and it's such a beautiful, and it's that place where, in other words, a healthy marriage, if you will, that he's saying, but get the foxes out of here, the little ones, 
Because they're the ones that spoil the vine. They're the ones that will bring this whole thing crashing down. One time of a curt answer doesn't make that big a difference. But a habit, your habits, your habits, what you do from day to day, it's just the little things that tear that healthy plant down until it's dead. One day it's dead. And you would have never done that, uh, made that one decision if, if it would say, okay, if I eat this donut, I'll weigh 350 pounds. You wouldn't do it. But if you keep eating the donuts, you'll weigh 350. But we just do it one day at a time, one bad habit at a time. <clears throat> you know, if I, I read where if an airplane goes from L.A. to New York and it's three degrees off, that nose doesn't turn very much at all, just a little off course, it's going to land in Washington, D.C., 250 miles south rather than in New York. And so the path you're on makes a big difference. It uh, it makes more, don't underestimate the tiny improvements or the tiny um, mistakes that you make every day. Don't underestimate. It's more about the path that you're on, the, the, the trajectory, what it looks like on a scale. You can be a millionaire and if you spend more each month than you make, if your habit is to spend more each month than you make, it's not going to end well. But on the other hand, you can be broke and work, and each month you spend less than you make. You're headed towards financial stability. It's those little things that make a difference. Just a real little tiny it's a habits. Habits are easy to break, but you can make a habit, a good one or a bad one, pretty easy. But you have to think about it, and you have to change it in here first. And then, if you want to know what your trajectory is, your path is, you just look at where you're at today and what your habits are. Your eating, your weight is like a, a lagging measure of your habits. Let me say that again. How much you weigh is what your habits are. A lagging measure of you. Your net worth is a lagging measurement of your spending. Your clutter in your house is a lagging measure, measure of your cleaning habits. Your knowledge is a lagging measure of your studying habits. You know that the average CEO in this country reads four books a month, and the average person that works for them hasn't read anything since they left school or something like that, I think it is. Your knowledge is a, is a 
shows how you feel about that. Follow the tiny gains or tiny losses and you'll be surprised where you'll end up at. There's just a huge difference in between what you could be and what you are if you're careless. Write it down is the third thing and the final thing I'm going to wrap up here. Goals aren't goals till you write it down. Other than that, they're just wishes or passing thoughts. Um, figure out what for course correction you need and figure out the path to get there. Decide what's important. Decide what makes you tick. Decide what your real goals are. I came across this ver- verses. It was Jesus and he was alone praying. And um, he says it was alone. Then he says he turns to his disciples. So they must have been off to the side a little bit. And he says, hey, who, who do people say that I am? And they answered him. They had a ready answer. They said, some say John the Baptist. And that's where Peter says, but you're Christ. And he said, that's right. And um, then he tells them that he's going to be killed and so forth. It's the first time he told them that. And then he says this. If any man will come after me, he's got to do three things. Deny himself. Take up the cross daily and follow Jesus. And he says in there, For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world? And I thought as I was thinking of, okay, it's time to take inventory. It's time to look at this here. It's time to study my life and see the three things that I think I should change. That's a, that's a sobering passage there. And it gives us direction on when we sit down to say what our real goals are and what we change. It might, it might change us from my, my highest priority is making money or my highest priority is you fill in the blanks. The neat thing about the Holy Spirit, He meets you where you are and you're thinking of stuff. That is possibly your highest priority that you maybe should change. <clears throat> Closing. You have two more days. You got Monday and Tuesday in 2019. So focus and sharpen your axe. And then we get to 2020. And just a, a, aside, 2020 is leap year. Every four years is leap year. And the reason it is, is because it doesn't take quite 365 days, so they got to add one one. But the neat thing, in our culture, on leap year, it switches from the guys asking the girls for dates to the girls get to ask the guys for the date. And in our culture, I think they thought, well, guys get too busy fixing a pickup truck or going hunting and fishing. So every four years we ought to give the girls a chance to ask them there. So I don't know if we do that here or not, but <laughs> I just thought that was, I, I saw that it was leap year. Don't let, what will 2020 hold? Don't let uncertainties, worries, fears, and anxieties steal your joy.
we got a big God. Do not be anxious about anything, Philippians, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. We're going to 2020, but I don't know what that holds or, or, or if we're all going to get there or anything like that. So I love that song. We have this moment today, this afternoon. This, that's what we have. We have this moment to hold in our hands and to touch as it slips through our fingers like sand. And that is for real. Yesterday's gone and tomorrow may never come. But we have this moment this afternoon. Tell her you love her. We have this moment. 2020. Change what you should. And be kind. Let's kneel for prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for keeping us in 2019. For the answered prayers and for the healing and the provisions and for this group here and how they've grown in 2019. And we seek wisdom for the path in 2020. As you speak to each heart this morning and as you're faithful in your guidance, help each of us to sort out what's unimportant clutter in our lives and live that abundant life that you have planned for each one of us, Lord. We ask for each soul here this morning, direction on bumpy path. Guide us with your eye. Give each of us peace, assurance as only you can give. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.